Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. It's so good to be with you guys. I know that I did not record on Wednesday this week, so I wanted to make sure I did it before the end of the week, and I'm just grateful to be with y'all. I have a really awesome question today, too, that I'm excited to answer, although it be kind of heavy and deep, like many of the things that I talk about, but I am excited to delve into it because I know that many people have had to face this, whether they're on the personal side where they've had sexual trauma and now they're trying to engage with an intimate partner and that is a difficult process or being the loved one of somebody who's had sexual trauma or abuse in the past and wanting to be supportive and wanting to be connected to your loved one and not quite being sure how to do that in a way that is emotionally safe. So I'm going to delve into the specific question because it was awesome and the way it was written was was really awesome as well. So I actually want to read word for word the question that I got and it was very thought out. So thank you so much. Um, I love y'all's questions. So I appreciate, you know, you guys sending that. Um, even though I know probably in your head, you're like, thank you for answering my question. I'm like, you know, thank you for asking because I know a lot of other people have similar concerns and issues and maybe they don't always have like the language of how to ask these questions. So the questions are, if a trauma has caused a lack of emotional and physical intimacy in your relationship, what can be expected in your relationship? And I'm going to go through all of them, just going to ask the questions first, and then I'll kind of delve into the to my response to that. What can you do as their partner to be supportive and also ensure that your needs are also being considered? Are there practices for reintroducing healthy physical intimacy, and at what point is that appropriate? What, if any, are realistic expectations as outcomes of trauma therapy? For example, will this aspect of our relationship ever be fulfilling? And when and how to discover that the trauma might not be the cause of the lack of intimacy? So again, all amazing questions because this stuff gets really murky and lack of intimacy and um, emotional and physical closeness can also be indicators of other trauma or other things going on. I think first things first, this is really tricky to navigate alone, especially if that person has had a history of sexual trauma or just trauma in general. Um, it's it's tricky to navigate, you know, without having the context, without me actually being in their body and, and knowing their experiences. And even for them, they may not be able to really fully connect those dots and know whether or not it's specific to that one trauma or something different or other traumas. I think what we do know is that it exists and there's something with them that they struggle with connecting emotionally and physically. You know, that's what we do know. I think one of the big pictures is, you know, understanding what is that person's, like what meaning do they make about sexuality, about physical intimacy, about emotional closeness in a relationship? Like what are their ideas as to what that means and what they want, right? What do they want out of a relationship? Um, and, get, and starting there first to really get an understanding of that. The other piece is this may be something that they need to navigate with the therapist specifically so they can take them through question by question. But, you know, a lot of couples, it's weird. They don't talk about sex. They don't talk about what sex means to them. They don't talk about what they like. They don't talk about their needs or how often they'd like to engage in it. It's like this weird thing where it's like, yeah, we're just weirdly supposed to read each other's 
cues and get it. But in any relationship, it's really important that you sit down and have that conversation like what what feels emotionally safe for you? What are your needs? What are your wants? What does it mean to you? What is sexy to you? Like actually asking those questions and getting really clear about what that means. The other piece too is, is I would ask my partner, you know, I want to understand what things make you feel safe in a relationship. I want to understand what things you look for to build trust in another human being. Because ultimately when it comes to us being intimate physically and emotionally, it's incredibly vulnerable. And when it comes to us being vulnerable, it is important that we are able to trust the other person and feel emotionally safe with them. And part of that means even having a framework for what does it mean to trust another person, like what makes a trustworthy person, and what makes me feel emotionally safe. Now, if you start having these conversations and your partner and even yourself, like you can't find the answers to these questions, that's when a therapist can really help, is is really helping this person navigate and figure out what do we have to do to create safety for them, not only internally, but for them to be able to see another person in a safe light and begin to trust somebody again. Because this likely isn't just an issue in an intimate relationship. This is likely a more systemic issue in their lives where they struggle to trust and feel emotionally safe. And sometimes navigating that with a therapist can help them really hash out what they specifically need and maybe the trauma wound that is creating this lack of safety specifically. Um, but I think if, if you if you don't have the option of going to therapy, just trying to figure out what are acts that I can do to show you that I'm trustworthy or that I'm safe. Or, you know, as we're starting to share with each other emotionally, how do you want me to respond? Like what what's a good way for me to respond? Do you want me to just listen and be here with you? Do you want me to hold your hand? Do you want me to give you feedback? What feels emotionally safe for you? Because usually people don't share because they're scared of what we call secondary trauma, which is a person's response to our trauma. So like when we share with them our deep, dark stuff and they're like, or they like see us differently or they judge us or they're like, that's not a big deal. Like any of those responses can feel very hurtful and can make it hard for a person to really open up and connect and attach to another person. When it comes to intimacy wounds too, I would imagine that there's probably some attachment wounds too where this person is just genuinely afraid of attaching to another person. And maybe that's from insecure attachments to caregivers or parents, or maybe in a previous relationship. Or, you know, it could be that they struggle to grieve, so they just don't have a capacity to love because they really can't risk grieving anything or going into their emotions. And again, these are all things that are important to process with a therapist if that's where they're stuck. On the physical intimacy side, you know, arguably people will have different opinions about this, but I really feel like building the emotional intimacy and safety is almost crucial first. Like you've got to be able to do that first um, or like stepwise with that. I think sometimes for people, if they've had sexual trauma and they don't have that like emotional trustworthiness and safety in the like just expressing and talking and sharing feelings with somebody, it's going to be extra vulnerable for them to do that 
you know, with their sexuality because sex is very vulnerable. You are taking off your clothes. You are letting yourself be seen in different ways that other people don't see you. It's a vulnerable process. And so it's crucial that a person feels safe to be vulnerable and to open up. And again, dialoguing about what that might look like. Um, what do we need to do to make you feel safe initially? And, and, and how, do, how quickly do we go, right? And only they can really determine that. I think they'd have to also be very good at like learning to advocate and say, hey, this is what I like and this is what I don't like or this is too much when it is too much. And the biggest thing, if you are their partner and being supportive, you're like, I would say, and I know this is really hard at first, but try your best to really honor their no every single time. And I know that can be hard, especially like if you're feeling it and you're like in the middle of things and then all of a sudden they say no, it's going to suck. And there's going to be a part of you that's probably like, oh, like this is so frustrating and I just want to be able to like, connect with you because I'm ready for that. But really do your best to just be like, okay, cool. And like, even if you're kind of like process that for yourself later, but like in the moment, just try to be like, all right, this is just what we need right now. Because the more that you do that, the more they will build safety with you and want to go physically deeper and more, more intimate with you. If you freak out the minute they say no, or if you get upset or if you make it personal and about you, that's not gonna feel safe for them. That's not gonna feel safe for any of us. And actually, John Gottman has this funny thing where he tells men like, the more that you honor your wife's no when she says like, I'm not feeling it tonight, and you do more foreplay around other areas and building emotional intimacy, he's seen this trend where people tend to actually end up having more sex when that happens. It's when their partner gets mad at them or like holds it against them that they say no, that it's almost like it pushes them further into saying no in the future. It's this weird phenomenon. So I think it's just really about building safety and honoring that when they say no or when they're struggling with their sexual intimacy, it's not about you. It's not because they're not into you. It's not about like you as a human being not being adequate, even though, again, that might be your trauma coming up if that is how you feel. Um, and processing that for yourself and being like, okay, I've got to figure out how I can how I can be patient with my partner and realize when they're struggling with this intimacy part, it's not about me. It's just that they're still working through some of that trauma. Also, you get to want to have sex. You get to want to, to have these needs and and these different things. So I think, you know, navigating that with your partner might look like, you know, I am willing to work on my pieces of this and I really need you to work on your pieces too. I mean, having patience with that process, but if your partner doesn't go to therapy, they don't work on any of these things and you know that it's really important to you to have sexual intimacy in a relationship, that may not be a great partnership. And it's not because either of you are wrong. It's not that they're wrong or you're wrong. It's just that you guys have different needs and different abilities of getting intimate. Like some, some people, they want a romantic relationship with somebody that's more like a roommate or they want a, a not very physically romantic relationship, but they also have to partner with somebody with those same desires unless one of the partner, partners is going to feel resentment over time, right? Right. 
And so it's crucial that you honor that if they aren't working on their stuff over time, and then you do have needs for sexual intimacy, that you honor that for both of you, that neither of you are wrong. It's just that you're wanting different things out of a relationship. Now, if they do want that and they are working on it, you know, have patience and work with them and build safety. I mean, that is, that is all we can do. I've seen this heal. So I do want to answer that question too. I've seen this heal. It's not that this is like a thing that is going to be in a relationship for years and years and years. Now, there might be different layers of it that show up throughout years, but overall, people can have a pretty dang fulfilling sexual life, even if they've had sexual trauma. And I've seen that time and time again. But, you know, that partner has to be ready and able to do that work. And not everybody is. And it doesn't make them wrong because they're not in that space. That's just where they are. So I want to honor that piece too, because again, if you, if your partner isn't doing the work and over time, like you guys aren't having any sort of sexual intimacy and it's something you desire, that is going to naturally build resentment in you. So you've got to honor that piece for yourself. I hope I answered all of the different facets of that question. Again, I thought it was an amazing question. Thank you for asking it because Many couples face this, um, whether they're the partner that's had sexual trauma or trying to support a loved one who's had sexual trauma. All right, y'all. Have a wonderful weekend. It was great connecting with you, and I will catch up with you next week.